those poor kids in the uh, children's worship lab, I was down there with them, teaching them about how to listen to a sermon, and now they've got to do it. And um, so, um, bless their hearts, this is hard. Okay, uh, so we're uh, near the end of um, the Sermon on the Mount, and this last section of, of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is going to speak uh, very directly through a series of binaries about, uh, that, uh, that he wants us to confront about what it means to follow him. And so these are going to be challenging uh, words, challenging sermons for us over the next few weeks. And so uh, in light of that, let me pray, and uh, we'll, we'll jump in on it uh, this morning. Lord, uh, we thank you today that uh, you sat on that mountain and you taught uh, those people, and you're teaching us uh, how uh, and who and what you are, what you have done for us, uh, teaching us what our lives are to look like in response to that. And so I pray that you would bless uh, our time today, uh, help us uh, to hear your loving uh, direction and uh, warning and uh, heart for your people. We ask this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So Matthew 7, verses 13 through 14, uh, the text is uh, uh, in the bulletin also up on uh, the screens behind me. This is God's word, and we should hear it and respond to it as such this morning. Uh, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Uh, so it, one of the things that I've uh, been thinking about and one of the things that uh, I tried uh, to do is uh, most Sundays, if I'm able to do it, I try to get outside on the front sidewalk out there if I can and greet people as they're getting out of their cars coming into the church. I hope I don't scare anybody and I hope uh, it's, not, it's not weird or anything like that, but I think it's important to welcome every single person who walks in the door. I want to say that again. Every person, regardless of who they are, what they look like, who they voted for, should be welcome. Should say, hi, glad to see you, introduce yourself, bring them in, get them a cup of coffee, sit with them, invite them over to your house for bologna sandwiches, for uh, uh, after church, you, you, you do, or whatever your favorite thing is, you do that. We welcome everybody. And we want them to keep coming. Because you know what we want to happen to them? We want them to get uncomfortable. Now, you're like, wait a minute, I don't like that. <laughs> well, you just sang... From the love of my own comfort, right? Sometimes we think what that means is, you know, our bank account or something like that, but it might be the comfort that you have with just the way you are uh, and the way you look down your nose at everybody else or uh, you have opinions about uh, everyone else. But the fact of the matter is, when Jesus spoke these words to that crowd there on the mountain, uh, he was speaking in love 
And you cannot read any of the Gospels. You can't look at any of the things that Jesus says or does that's not disrupting to people. So sooner or later, right, we, we should grow uncomfortable with things in our lives that need to change. We should grow uncomfortable with things in our lives that we need to repent of. And we should keep seeing that Jesus is uh, the Savior. Jesus is the Lord. He is the one who is, uh, as we'll uh, look into this text, the way. So we hope that, uh, we hope that for everyone, right? And so what Jesus is doing here, at, in the, and you can put my notes up, AJ, what he's doing here at the end of the Sermon on the Mount is he's giving uh, uh, a lots of these, these pairs of things to uh, kind of drive home to us that what he is saying and what he is doing uh, matters and that, that, that he is calling really for a commitment of our whole lives uh, to that. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I always, I don't know if you read the notes um, in, the, uh, in the bulletin, uh, you know, beside where uh, the elements of the service are, but beside the offering today, you'll notice it says the offering isn't just about money. Our response to the gospel goes much deeper. God demands our whole selves. And so that's what Jesus is getting at here when he speaks to us about that there are two ways, right? And he doesn't, he doesn't say to us that there's any kind of, kind, of, kind of wiggle room on that. And so he's going to say here that there are two gates and two paths. And uh, next week he's going to talk about two trees. And then he's going to talk about two claims. And then he's going to talk about two houses. And that in each one of these pairs, there's a way that leads to life and flourishing and glory and joy. And there's another way that ultimately leads to destruction, right? And so that's, that's, that is what, that's what he's, he's getting at here. And so next slide, he's calling here for commitment, for us to, to, to see the way and to get on the way that leads to life. Now, that's, that's going to be the theme that he's going to keep going back to over and over and over again here, right? So, and, and as we look at this metaphor that he's using for the gate and the way, we should stop right at the very beginning before we go any further and praise God that there's a way. <laughs> that there's a way that leads to life and, and that that way is Jesus and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by him. Now, we hear that and we think, well, that seems uh, awfully exclusive. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, it gets even more exclusive without Jesus. You see, that, that's, that's the thing. Without uh, the, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, cross, Jesus Christ for us, there is no way to God, right? And so what he is indicating to us here is, here's the way, and, and he has made that way. Because left to ourselves, left to our own devices, we are dead in trespasses and sins, and there, there is no other way for us uh, uh, to, to find life, right? We're all bound for destruction unless Jesus wakes us up, unless Jesus comes to us and, and provides for us uh, the way to the Father, right? And so we should be glad, as Jesus says these things here, that there's a way, because without him, there would be no way. Um, one, of the things, uh, 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 one of the things that I have uh, uh, struggled with uh, over... Uh, 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 the last year or two is uh, when I go uh, uh, driving in, in my truck to go visit people or to go do things, what I'll often do is try to you look in the church directory, see their address, type it into Google Maps, and print out a map. One of our elders was in the building one day, 
And uh, he was in the workroom and he saw the map come up on the printer. And he came to me and he said, is this yours? <laughs> and I said, yeah. He says, don't you have a phone? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, uh, in the Commonwealth, it's illegal for me to drive with my phone in my hand looking at my directions, but it's not illegal for me to drive around with a piece of paper in my hand. <laughs> and he's like, I, I'm going to take care of this for you. And so he, the next day I saw him, he had this fancy little thing that I could stick my phone in and that kind of stuff, and, which is great. You know, I can see my map and stuff on there, but I got to say, when I see it on the screen, I'm like, is that real? But when I see it printed on the paper, it seems more real. I don't know, I don't know why that is, but that's, uh, that's, 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 <laughs> that's how it works. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, Jesus provides the way in and through him. And that is a great thing for us. And he proclaims to these people, as he proclaims to us uh, today, that he, is, he, uh, uh, that he is that way. Um, and another thing to note about this is it says here that the, uh, the first, the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. It, the word there, easy, is probably not the best word for that. It would probably be better to say that the way is wide or broad. In, in other words, that there's not a narrow one way that there are, within the way to destruction, there are probably a million different pathways to that, while, while there's only one way uh, to life, and that is through uh, um, Jesus. So what are we to make of this? Well, the first thing is this, uh, uh, that God's way is confining in its way. That he, you know, he's in the sense that he is uncompromising in the sense that uh, because we uh, are uh, dead in our trespasses and sins, he provides the atoning sacrifice, he provides the righteous life, he provides the resurrection for us, that the way to life is, is only through him. Um, and, and, it, and it is hard. It is, it is very challenging. Now, it's not hard probably in the way in which we think about it, but Jesus has already been talking in the Sermon on the Mount about things that are hard. Poverty of spirit is hard. Poverty of spirit is really hard because we look around ourselves, we think of ourselves as having it together, we think of ourselves as somehow or other being able to earn or to, to uh, uh, buy our perspective or whatever, uh, you, you know, approach God on our own. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, and he says that to encourage us because he recognizes that when we come to the end of ourselves, that when we come to the end of our own sense of our own righteousness, when we see ourselves as God sees us, and we know that the only way to life is through Jesus, that poverty of spirit is difficult, it's challenging, it's humbling. And we don't naturally gravitate towards humility. We don't naturally gravitate towards uh, uh, seeing and, and understanding our neediness before God, right? Um, He's, he's also going to say, you know, I mean, he goes on to say that blessed are the meek. Well, we don't naturally gravitate to meekness. We don't naturally gravitate to turning the other cheek, do we? We don't do that. That's, that's hard. And so he's saying to us, listen, this way, this pathway uh, to glory, this pathway to life is going to be one that's going to be challenging. He tells us to pray. But this commentary on the, the Lord's Prayer is all about forgiveness, 
Forgiveness is hard. If, if, and, and if you think it's not, you've probably never forgiven anybody. The, the, the fact is, you know, uh, to, uh, when someone sins against you, when someone offends you, when, when, when those sorts of things happen, you know, my first instinct in that is to get them back. And, and, and I'm not saying that you immediately have to forgive someone. Forgiveness is complicated and it is difficult to get to. But, but the fact of the, 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 the truth is that we, you know, our tendons, if, if, if somebody sins against me and I don't come to grips pretty quickly that this thing has to end with me forgiving them. And forgiveness is hard. Marilyn Robinson says, you know, we... Uh, we should name our grudges because we nurse them like babies, right? And freedom from the approval of others is not easy because the way of Jesus will at least in some places and in sometimes put you at odds with others. It just will. And, and, and that, that, you know, that, it, that if you set about, if, you, if our understanding of what the way of Christ is, the way of following him, the way of entrusting ourselves, the way of, of believing and following after the one who has atoned for our sins and made a way for us, that's always going to be popular and it's always going to be well thought of, then we're, we're you know, we're, we're, we're wrong. We're just sadly mistaken, right? Because the fact is the message of the cross is offensive, the message that, that human beings have no ability to save themselves and that God is no respecter of persons, that that is a, that is a kind of counter way to the way in which we think about the way life works. There's, there's a great sermon that Charles uh, Spurgeon preached. You can find it on Spurgeon.org uh, called The Offense of the Cross. Uh, and one of the things he did is, he, in this sermon, he says, the cross is opposed to all our notions of human ability. The man who is relying for salvation on his own strength does not like the doctrine of the cross. But there's another offense, which is a very sore one, and the world has never forgiven the cross that offense, yet it will not recognize any distinctions between mankind. The cross makes moral and immoral persons go to heaven by the same road. The cross makes the rich and poor enter heaven by the same door. The cross makes the philosopher and peasant walk on the same highway of holiness. The cross procures the same crown for the poor creature with one talent that the man with the ten ta talents shall receive. And the cross, in other words, reminds all of us of our flaws, right? I mean, we see the love of God demonstrated there on, on the, in the work that Jesus does for us. But the fact is, if Jesus doesn't do that work, we're never going to get on the way to life. We are on the road to destruction. But because of the goodness of God, because Jesus has accomplished this for us, we have this pathway to life, right? And so it's, it, the, the, the fact is, whenever we think about, whenever we are on the way of Jesus, we have to recognize that there are going to be times and things and words and actions that will not always be popular. Next slide. Uh, and Jesus is clear about this, right? If our, if our bent is to find the approval of others, then, you know, you can't uh, serve two masters. So it's hard. But I want to say here that it's not all hard. 
that the fact is that the way of Jesus brings with it some special joys as well, that, that we have the, the joy of being known by our Father in heaven and that, and that we know Him. We have the, the joy of sins forgiven. We have the joy of knowing that, that this God regards us and that He places us in a family with other people who, who, who love us and who are on the same way that we are. Uh, it is, uh, we have the very promise of God that the hard things in the road, the suffering, the difficulty, the, the, the uh, uh, willingness to be misunderstood for the sake of, of, of the truth of the gospel, that those things, God uses those things, and we have his promise that he turns all of those things for our good and for his glory. So even the hardest thing that happens on the way is not just a hard thing in and of itself, but it is something that God redeems and uses to change us, to give him glory, and to, 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 uh, uh, that, that he redeems those things. Secondly, we don't arrive at God's way by taking a poll. How many times in the gospel, I mean, Jesus is doing it in every chapter, right? Like, hey, what do y'all think? Right? <laughs> right? Isn't he, is he doing that all the time? He's like saying to Peter and John, well, well fellas, what, what, do you, what do you think I should say next in the Sermon on the Mount? Do, fellas, do you, think, do you think we ought to go to Samaria? Fellas, do you think we should go to Jerusalem and I should die? Right? He's not taking a poll. He's not going, you know, and, and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when they decide to create the world, right, they don't, they don't create a, a, a focus group and say, well, y'all won't. What, what would be good, right? So, so, the, so the fact is, what, what Jesus is getting at here is, is that he is the determiner of what is true. He is the determiner of, of, of the way, right? So the majority doesn't matter. What the majority thinks, whatever that majority is, whoever you identify as the majority, what they think doesn't matter. Sometimes the majority is right. Sometimes the majority is wrong. Sometimes everybody's wrong. Right? And one of the things that, you know, we've struggled with, one of the things that, you know, everybody has been so critical of the church, and rightly so, over the last couple of years, right? Uh, uh, you can't pick up a blog or the, uh, the Twitterverse or anything like that without somebody saying, well, you know, they got this wrong, they got that wrong, and, you know, the, uh, and you run into this quote all the time from Gandhi, right? I like your Christ, but not your Christianity, not your Christians, and so what we take away from that is the false belief that, look, if everybody in the church acted like Jesus, we'd be really popular. Everybody would love us, right? <laughs> well, nobody was like Jesus more than Jesus. <laughs> and look what happened to him, right? And that doesn't mean that we don't need to change and that we don't need to repent. But the fact of the matter is, the, the way that Jesus is talking about here is a challenging way. It's going to be a way that, that, uh, that cuts across our political and social uh, tribes. For instance, the, the Bible is very clear about this, that, uh, that the people of God extend themselves in care for the poor, period. There's no compromise on that. That, that. If you're on the way of Jesus, if you, if you are a follower of him, if you believe he has atoned for your sins, then by necessity, what should be true of us is, is that we care for the poor. 
The Bible is explicit that Christians welcome the stranger. Both Old Testament and New Testament says the immigrant, the refugee, finds a place with the people of God. Now, I, I can't tell you how many, what, what that does about how many immigrants, how many refugees, what, whatever that is. But I do know this, that when we, as the people of God, are confronted with someone who is a stranger, as the Bible says, an immigrant or a refugee, there's no compromise on it. We welcome them. We treat them as our own. The Bible's clear about that. Well, there's plenty of people that are going to hear that and think, well, I don't like that. Right? The Bible's perfectly clear and perfectly straightforward that the, the followers of Jesus are people who value a human life, that the image of God from conception to natural death, that that is to be held sacredly and to be valued and that we are to work and to sacrifice and to proclaim the gospel in such a way that human flourishing, regardless of race or, or ethnic origin or economic status or any of those things, are to be what we are about. That whether you are able-bodied or able-minded, whether you are the majority culture or the minority culture, doesn't matter that our, uh, the, because Jesus came to poor, broken people like us, then we are to be about the business of extending ourselves to all of those unborn, aged, those who have all sorts of issues. There is no issue here for us that, that we can discriminate between human beings, right? The Bible's clear, right, that, uh, that there's a biblical sexual ethic. And one of the mistakes that we often make about that is, is that we kind of hide behind the thought that heterosexuality saves us. It doesn't save us. Jesus saves but at the same time, Jesus gives us very clear words and teachings about the nature of marriage and, and, and the nature of what sexual expression is supposed to be. You see, that's, that's, that's the way. And, and, and Jesus isn't kind of taking a pole or taking a way to look at us and to say, you know, let's find the message, let's find the branding that is going to be most winsome, right? Right? It's not his way. It's not, uh, that, that's not uh, uh, how he does things. And so the, the, the great news for us uh, in this, and, and the great thing for us to understand about this is, is that even though we have entered through the gate, and the gate is the, 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 is the cross, and we're on, on that way, we take a lot of detours, don't we? We get lost on the way. We get turned around. We get challenged on the way. We get stuck, right? You should read Pilgrim's Progress. That's, that's quite a story about the way. My favorite is the Slough of Despond. I live there. You can drop your ma my mail off there. I am, uh, uh, yeah, I love that one. 
So the, so the, so the fact of the matter is what, what Jesus is getting at here is something that is counter to all of us and yet is the best thing we've ever heard, the best news we've ever uh, uh, been told, right? Thirdly, I can't uh, make my aim that following Jesus means simply just trying to get along. Now, certainly we want to be quick to resolve, quick to re- reconcile. We want to be quick to, uh, to address uh, our, our, our concerns with others, but we can't make our way simply pleasing others. I mean, obviously, uh, what... <laughs> You know, if we belong wholly to Jesus and he belongs wholly to us, then our focus, our attention is not upon others, but upon uh, pleasing others, but upon him. And then fourthly, the gate matters and the way matters, but the end is what is most significant here. And that's the thing, that's the real kicker in what Jesus is teaching us here. And that's this, that, that what motivates us along the way and what, what helps us along the way is the promise of glory, the promise of life, the promise of joy, the promise of uh, everything sad and dead coming undone. And that motivation of being on the way and the struggle and the difficulty is the motivation and the thing that keeps us putting one foot in front of the other. You see, that is, that is the glorious thing about the gospel because what we see here is, yes, there is one way to life, uh, but it's a gracious way. It's a merciful way. And Jesus is no respecter of persons. He opens this way. His, his life, death, and resurrection is uh, uh, powerful enough for all of us. And so what he wants us to see is to turn from seeking our own way and entrusting ourselves to his way. It's a good thing for us to come to the Lord's Supper when we when we think about this, because uh, it's important for us to recognize that what the Lord's Supper does for us is it uh, takes an event that we remember, certainly, but it also points us in the direction of where we're headed. Because Jesus eats this meal with his disciples and tells them to eat it repeatedly to remember what he has done for them. But he also, he also says to us, Uh, that this is something uh, that we have to look forward to, to seeing and sitting face-to-face with him uh, in eternity as he uh, serves us uh, the uh, glorious heavenly banquet. Hear these words of institution. The disciples prepared the Passover, and when it was evening, Jesus came with the twelve, and they were reclining at the table, and as they were eating, he took bread, And after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Let's confess our sins together by using this confession of sin from Psalm 139. Would you pray with me? You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence?
Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Brothers and sisters, hear these words of encouragement. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the scriptures tell us on the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread and he broke it, just as I do now ministering in his name, and he gave it to his disciples. How do you know you're on the way? How do you even know that, right? Well, the first uh, issue for you is uh, that you're asking the question, am I on the way? And so as you ask that question, one of the ways that you can know that, that, that you're on the way is that you have a growing sense of your own weakness and inability uh, to manage uh, your life, to manage your sin, to manage those things that go so wrong, that you're broken, and that you are beyond your own ability to repair And so what you entrust yourself to and what you look to is Jesus who lived a life for you, died a death for you, rose again for you, and now gives you his spirit and promises to see you through to the end. Now probably uh, this week um, you turned away from him at some point, maybe, maybe many times. So the mark then of the person who's in the way is when he turns away and sees that he's turned away, turns back to Jesus. Hates the thing, turns away from the thing that, that led him away and turns back to see the beauty and the grace and the joy of who Jesus is and what he has for us. That's our hope. And if, that's, if that is your trust today, even if you've wandered this week and you profess to a body of believers somewhere that Jesus is your way, then he welcomes you to come and eat with him. He welcomes you to come and to, to, to be renewed and to be fed spiritually and to be uh, uh, given, in, in a real sense, a real dose of hope Uh, that you can continue to follow him in the way. If that's your uh, hope, that's your way today, you profess that to a body of believers somewhere, he wants you to come. He wants you to be renewed. He wants you to be reinvigorated to follow after him.
As the elders come down front to uh, assist me today, let me remind you that uh, you'll notice that there are two trays, uh, and, and inside the trays are two cups. Uh, one has wine and a gluten-free wafer. One has grape juice and a gluten-free wafer. You'll see two cups put together. The wine or juice is on top, and the wafer uh, is underneath. If you're unable to come down front, raise your hand, and we'll see to it that you get served. Uh, once everyone has been served, we'll eat the bread and drink the cup together.